and we're back again. Yes, we are back back to back weeks. How do you not know? <laughs> they did not expect this to happen because of the last couple times. <laughs> but it's getting close to the fun time in hockey as camps are starting to open up. So obviously, hopefully we'll be able to get more consistent basis of talking hockey here and there. But we're back another week of uh, our hockey podcast. So uh, yep, 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 we back. Yep, this good amount has kind of happened since the last since last week when we last podcasted. Since camps are opening up, um, we t- mentioned a little bit RFA talk. Some of the guys are that were still that weren't on sign that back then a week ago. Uh, some have signed. There's still others that we. Uh, We'll get to again with Kachuk. And we talked a little bit about it last time with Hughes and Pedersen, but we're going to break that kind of situation down even more because there's with Vancouver's, it's a lot more tricky um, with that. So we want to kind of break that down. I think uh, to conclude the podcast, we're going to talk obviously Flyers Camp as that opens up as uh, injuries have kind of been uh, a big thing for the Flyers as they open up camp and we'll break all that down later on. But um, to start off, we have a couple uh, signings. Um, I think this is the key biggest one. Um, this is not sarcasm at all. <laughs> uh, you know, the great Nolan Patrick, the former Flyers player, uh, he signed his RFA deal uh, two years, $2.4 million. Uh, dollars, which is pretty surprising. Average. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it seems like he was holding out on his contract for a long, long time. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Excuse me. But for whatever reason, so he finally got his contract. That's about as much as he's probably worth right now, in my opinion. Oh, easily. So, uh-huh. hey, you know, good luck to him in Vegas. We'll see how he does. I mean, yeah. Vegas kind of does need center, so we'll see how he does. Um, I'm kind of curious on how his playing style is going to change and also, you know, be like under um, head coach. Oh, God. Um, Peter, uh, Peter DeBoer um, out there. Sorry, That's I forgot his name. Yeah, I, I just completely forgot because I, I knew it wasn't Gallant because <laughs> he's with the Rangers. Uh, we'll provide an update about New York. Something Galant said a little bit later uh, in the podcast. Nothing too big right now, but keep something to keep an eye out for. Uh, but anyway, so- too, uh, even though it's only a one-year deal, uh, Kerry Yamamoto for the uh, yeah, Oilers. I, 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 I do really like that. Obviously, it's an RFA, so it's like I don't. I wouldn't expect someone to offer sheet someone like Kerry Yamamoto. Or it, like, it's not like the Yesberry Costigan Amy situation where Caroline came out of nowhere and appreciated him. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, I will say though, it's not, it, it wouldn't have been a, a terrible idea because you wouldn't have lost many picks at all because he was signed to a one year deal, 1.75 mil. I don't even know if he would require to sign any picks depending on the contract he signed. Right. Um, but he's a good young player who I think is pretty underrated. What are your thoughts on Yamamoto? Because for oh, me personally, I, for... I love the kid. I think he's fantastic and he has a super brave future. He's only 22. So he's, mm-hmm. he's going to do some damage in the NHL. And for the last year was really his first full season. Right. Um, he did play 2019, 2020. Some he played 27 games, had 26 points that year. 11 goals, 15 assists this past year. 
uh, in 52 games, eight goals, 13 assists, 21 points. So a little uh, slide there, uh, uh, second year from his first year. Yeah, that, um, that happens sophomore sophomore. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it happens. But in terms of Edmonton and everything, uh, this is <laughs> Edmonton, you, so you know. This is a guy you can't really afford to um, get rid of. So if someone was going to, as you were pointing out, that they could have offer sheeted them, even though they don't didn't really have the cap to be able to, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have wanted to get rid of him because probably not bigger key or bigger piece to their depth forward wise than I think people realize. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yes. He probably RV, even though before he didn't really seem like he wanted to play for Edmonton when he was first drafted there because of where they were then. But last year we saw what he was able to do. Uh, and what he's actually capable of. Yeah, exactly. Which I think moving good. forward, he gave us a good taste mm-hmm. of what to kind of expect. And so now with that two being guys said, you find and they're at least their top six potentially. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think even if not, you should have, them you with should our, have in uh, your top six. Yeah, with, you'd be crazy not to. With uh Eugene Hopkins, that's still solid. I uh, also just got Zach Hyman too. So yeah, I think he's going to be on a roll with McDavid and Drysital, and I think that will be Eagle Lethal line. That yeah, way, but you that, can have yeah. Then that second line, you could easily just do of RG, RNH, RNH, yeah, RNH, uh, Yamamoto, and Poyarvi. You could do. I can't. Is Poyarvi excuse me, center or wing? I can't remember. I thought he's just center he's, for some reason. He's right. Okay. Yeah. So, the, and honestly, right there, I think that's a solid second line right there. And if anything, and I, I'd have to take well, one of them very close to, look. Yamamoto also plays center, but he's also the right wing. Someone's going to right. play, so, play on the left side of that situation. Right. And that's fine. Um, I'll put this way you, I probably have to look at real close look at their lines this year and maybe any rookie, upcoming rookies that I would really consider saying, hey, could you make the team to have a good chance of saying, or looking at the roster and saying, okay, like, um, this is what their team could actually look like. Here's who I, for me, in my personal opinion, who I would pair with two on each line. But so for but regardless, that's a solid top six. Oh yeah, easily. Um, so then, you know, that was certainly a very underrated one. Another underrated one, kind of staying out west, is Robert Thomas with St. Louis. This one was announced uh, last night. Two years, two point eight mil AAV, five point six mil salary total. This is a very underrated signing, in my opinion. Now. Kelly Yamamoto, he doesn't scream out offer sheet to me. Robert Thomas does. If I was his team and I was looking for a good, you know, he's still very young. He's 21. If I was looking for a strong right wing, depending on what your team situation like on the way, he can play center too. I would probably have offer sheeted him. I'm not going to lie. Like he's, he's worth the picks. He ha- he's a very young, versatile forward. He's got a lot of skill. His accuracy is great, good dangles. But I will say, though, um, the Blues are very fortunate that – now, I don't – we don't see offer sheets a whole lot. This is the first offer sheet, one, since the Sebastian Ajo a couple years ago, but the first successful one since Dustin Penner in 07. So, it's it, very it, like you said, it's extremely now. rare. And also but, this year was going to be even rarer because of the – kind of cap situation teams were right now Plus, like i said it depends the on of what you just come through and everything just a lot of money is kind of tight in terms of what they're able right. to afford so it's, um, it's super tough for uh, uh, it was good news and bad news kind of one, thing for for offer sheeting this year I, like you said it doesn't happen often but like no. 
for example, this would have been the year to offer sheet someone if you had the money. If you had but the it, money, yeah. That, that's the good news, Ben. Like Carolina the good news had. Is, exactly. That's the good but news. Also, is, on if the you flip had side the money, that, Montreal, I don't think was, I think I've said it before, that they weren't very high on. Uh, Katsugini. Katsugini. It's interesting Katsugini. they say that, though, because you're not wrong. I've always had the they sense didn't that have like, any real benefit. From no, what I like, saw, they didn't really have any interest to really, or really they, urgency to come no. back at that deal. No, and and you kind of like ever, like, especially like since, uh, like, with the last two years, you didn't see him get and a legitimate chance like you would expect for a third too. overall pick. For mm-hmm. someone like Kathy Kinemi, I would have given him as much of an opportunity to grow as possible within the organization. They gave him bottom six minutes. They didn't give him much, if not anything at all. Now, I could be wrong. I'm, the only time I really watched him is if they're playing the Flyers or if it's just a playoff game in general. And Honestly, and I think for, at the beginning of playoffs, <clears throat> he was uh, scratched. Yeah, in like, that too, uh, he, was, he was scratched. He and uh, Caulfield were both scratched, I believe. Yeah, because then there's JJ Watts' famous tweet of saying, "Oh, like I, I would start, uh, you know, yeah. Cole Caulfield." So, um, but you know, so clearly, and I don't know if this is just their head coach's opinion of of Katsukinimi. I don't know what, but I think actions speak louder than than words and everything. The fact that they benched him for quite a while, you could tell where the direction of the team was going with Katsukinimi. Yeah, so I think similar... it's, it's good for fresh start for everyone here yeah i assume there's a lot of stuff behind closed doors that we don't know and i'd say it's probably similar to that of what they had just gone through with uh what's his face he just went to uh, columbus uh, max domi uh, max domi yes where he was also playing like the fourth line doing or even uh, i think scratch here and there but mm-hmm. you could tell they were not really getting along that there was just a matter of time that they were going to be dealing with him right I think it was um, a similar situation, but this one was kept more quiet about. Yeah. You just but, saw it come out and that he wasn't playing. Anyways, back to some of these signings. Uh, one key RFA that's off the board outside of, if you want to put Patrick or Yamamoto in there, um, Rasmus Dahlin yes. has. Huge re-signing there for Buffalo. Yes. Huge. He was the one we mentioned last week that still had to sign his, or they were still working on an RFA deal for him. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily him holding out or if it was just because Buffalo was just Buffalo. Um, um, I don't really know a whole lot about the Ross Mastellan situation and everything, but yeah, I don't hey, know either, good, some of the other good for him to get paid for what he's it. worth right now. Oh, yeah. Now. And he only made, he only, he got a, his contract's what, uh, 18, three years, 18 million, six mil. Uh, yep. average three annual. by six contract. Yeah. Uh, which I, I honestly think that's what he's worth. Um, right, for, again, for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly will think that later on he will be much worth oh, much. Yeah. More. And this is a bridge deal. And, and you're seeing that a lot. Yeah. You're seeing that a lot for these young kind of stars now, depending on which player you are. Of course, well, it some depends. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get well, it, it depends, and we'll get to that in a second. But I will say that that it's either you get a bridge deal or you get a max like six, seven year contract. So, um, <clears throat> and I think for Ross Mustelling, this is a great opportunity to prove himself even more and say, "This is what I'm getting paid now." And and 
kind of similar to what Chuck Fletcher said to uh, Oscar Lindblom. This is the smallest contract you will receive in your career. I think this will be the smallest contract Rasmus Dahlin will receive. Which isn't like, small in any sense. W- right. It, it's not that small compared to others, but I'm saying for his career, this is the obviously also, he signed essential level contract, but this is his Dahlin, smallest. Which obviously us who follow hockey more and everything realize how good, uh, how great of a young defender he is. But outside of just Buffalo and people who kind of watch Buffalo uh, Sabres games and everything, and since the Sabres have been kind of shit for the past and, couple and, years, and may, maybe really know who he is. And I'll put it this way: the only reason, <clears throat> excuse me, the only reason someone might know who he is is because one, their team, their the fan, the team that their fans of plays in the Atlantic with the Sabres, or two, or just the East in general. I'll put it. I'll put in, in the East. Thank you. That's a better way to put it. I'll put it in this way. The only, uh, usually the only other reason you know Rasmus Dahlin's name is because the, he was the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But yeah. if you don't follow hockey as much, you will understand the fact that. Fan, you probably exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't most likely understand and how good and lethal this kid actually is on the blue Some of that is on the team. Some of that's also kind of not on him, but just getting his name out there more is yeah well i mean he's the guy now (laughs) of course ever since getting drafted he's been pretty much top four but now that ross mr stalinen who was their guys down philadelphia hi rister number 70 (laughs) yep (laughs) weird number again uh but for osmus stalin though he is legitimately now the guy so they're gonna rely on him big time he's gonna play 20 plus minutes at, a game at a, least. And a few games I've seen the Flyers play Buffalo between this the mm-hmm. last year where they played him eight times in a row and the bubble year. I really noticed how well of a defenseman he was in terms of shutting guys down. Yes. There was a lot of times where like, wow, I haven't noticed Drew or any of the Flyers' right. top guys in a while. And if you and look I always very close to the game film, one, it's because of Darlene. Yeah. Some of that is... Eichel, because Eichel is that good. Yes, but a lot of those games, especially last year, Eichel wasn't playing. Yeah, so a lot of that was Darlene. And <clears throat> excuse me, and I will say um, the other thing about Darlene is that he's so. <clears throat> excuse me, let's look at his age right now. He, he's twenty. He's twenty-one years old. Yeah, he's twenty-one now, which is absurd. The Sabers are going to have, especially if they do eventually get rid of. Eichel, which this is the offseason to do it because now it's tra- no trade's going to go. And, to and we might as well transition into the Eichel news, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a split second. I want to hear your thoughts. In though, terms first. of building around someone, defenders, I feel like it's harder to try to build your team around because, yeah, that's great in terms of you can sh- maybe, maybe start it off building up your D and then move to your forwards, but you got to hope you get a guy or get a similar situation that the Islanders get. And that's the best you can hope for, but you have to start getting forwards and everything. So, right. Obviously, if you get a, a, a center, they're a lot easier to try to build around because you get pieces for them and then you start building it that way. Defenders to find it. And yeah, defenders, obviously, the goalies, goalies are the hardest ones to try to build your team around, but it's definitely in terms of guys you would think you draft first overall. Defense is, I think, the hardest. That's why you see very few defenders yeah. go number one overall. Darlene went for a reason. 
Aaron Eckley uh, went, went for a reason, and, and, and he's probably the, from, the perfect the example. Oh, uh, Owen Power in yeah. for for Buffalo as coming. well. He's not coming to Buffalo. Yes, though. and it, so so that's actually very key. And it was someone that had mentioned. I want I, I gotta look this up, but uh, so I can get my facts right though. But for Owen Power though, he's and I, I almost completely forgot that Buffalo drafted Owen Power, so he is going back to Michigan. And I don't have an issue with that at all. Uh, and I'm going to bring something up real quick about him. <clears throat> Someone posted something even on Twitter. Even when he I does think. come up, you have an Owen Power and Darlene Pair. Right. but And that's going to be a lethal, lethal, mm-hmm. lethal, lethal top defensive pairing. So that's going to be unbelievable. Someone recently, though, had mentioned, I can't remember who it was. But for whatever reason, people were not happy with the fact that, that he, he wasn't coming because he, he was declared, like the first guy in so many years that the first overall pick wasn't going to the league. Right. And I think the last guy to do it is probably Eric Johnson. And that was 06. He went to the Blues yeah. first overall. So, like, you know, it's 15 years. So mm-hmm. I'll put it this way. And I don't, obviously, if you're a I don't hate fan, the you're like, I need a race to uh, watch or whatever. And they say, oh, we're not great, but we get the first overall pick. Maybe we'll get to see him. Yeah, guess but what? He, no, he won't. No. Not but I'll put it this way. Year. Someone I can't remember where I it had it been on Twitter. Can't. Someone had had tweeted out, and this is what irked me saying Owen Power is making the wrong decision in going back to college. I'm like, no, no, he's not. He he's wants to perfect his game. Or it's something like I don't that. Or, or I think it's perfecting his game because sorry, not um, not perfecting his game, but but well, uh, I mean, yes, I know. But it is because, and to a extent because he's still having another year of playing and everything. Right. But I think it's one of those things where he just wants to. If he was playing in the juniors, he'd probably be. He'd probably go to Buffalo. I think it's because it's college and he wants to get that degree. Right. I think that's a big part of it. Not just playing. I think he actually wants to make sure that his college experience was actually worth it outside of just playing hockey. Right. And I'm sure that's true. But so it, it was something about Owen Power regretting going back to Michigan. I'm like, he's not going to have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's some weird article or, or tweet that mentioned how he, he, you know, I guess announced or something. He's like, oh, I kind of wish that I maybe I, I spoke too soon kind of thing. And I regret going back. You, you shouldn't regret if, if, if you make a decision. You know, no matter what the sport is, you know that allows you either to go back to school or something like that, or juniors and then to pro. You shouldn't ever regret that. If anything, it's going to help your game because some players, Honestly, out of the year you just had, where you probably played not even the full season you had just played prior to other years in college, I think it's actually worth it to do another year because a lot of juniors, especially guys just drafted should actually probably go back to juniors just so they can have that yeah. extra year of before. Not only that. I mean, if I'll put this way. Off, if you're a year off, because juniors did not play at all last year, outside of the world juniors, but that was all the way in January, like December. But that's a no. long time to go from that, from kind of sitting around to full game action, especially if you're talking about going to the next level in professional hockey. And I um, think, not only I that, think though, I think for a lot of those guys, if I was running those teams, I'd say this guy should probably go another year mm-hmm. back to their juniors, to European League, wherever they were playing before. But that, I, I, I would 
probably sit down yeah. with the player and say, this is why I think that way. But if you're okay with playing, then we would obviously love to have you play on the team. Right. Um, and, and the one thing I definitely want to comment that is, it's not like Owen Power is going back to a horrible Michigan team. The second overall pick, Matty Beniers, is going exactly. back. Kent, Kent exactly. Johnson, yeah. who went in the top 10, he's going back. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a loaded Michigan team. Guarantee you, they're winning the national championship this year. That's and that's, the, uh, that's, and that's one of the biggest reasons too, but, he wants to go back. Yeah. He wants to win another uh, – I, I can't remember if they won last year or not. If I not, I, I, I don't know because crazy freaking year. Uh, but regardless, they want to win a national championship together. So there's no harm, no foul in going back and, and wanting to win and have a regular college life and experience that and doing what you can yeah. to do that. And then not only that, but he's, I guarantee he's never going to regret it, especially if they go all the way and win the national championship. Guarantee you, he's going to say, I, I, I made the right decision. Yeah. He made the right decision from day one announcing when he went back, he's going back to Michigan. He made the right decision. There's no way a someone who goes, I want to, I, I'm going to play in the NHL right now, you know, like, and then say, oh, you know what, I regret doing that, or oh, I, I want to go back to school, I regret doing that, you know, like they're when when they make that decision, they they know what they're doing, and, and more more so to, going back to college. He already got his dream. He got drafted. He's going to be in the NHL. Yeah. So that's not the problem. His because for him, it's like all right. I'm already going to be here eventually. So why don't I just go back with these guys? I just made friends with and everything. And let's go for it. Let's try it. Right. Not only that, but at the same time, it's not like you have to wait five years for the kid. You're waiting one whole season. Mm-hmm. That's oh, trust nothing. me. You should that also take this nothing. by two fires fans. Cause under Hextall, every single guy, except for Patrick and uh, really even, was, even Ivan Burrow, yeah, Travis Konechny, Went, they went one back. whole year in the yeah. minors, if not even two, mm-hmm. or they sorry, not minors, uh, juniors. Yeah. Um, but so trust me, we know what it's like to yes. wait because when you got a guy, especially in the 25th train draft, that how great that draft was, and you have to oh, wait yeah. a year for two of the guys got the first round. And it I is. thought Provorov and Konechny could have easily played 2015. They waited one year, and by the end of the day, that was the right decision. At the time, I was pissed. I thought mm-hmm. they can make it now. They're good yeah. enough. But at the same time, though, exactly. that's what credit, credit to Ron right Hexel. What you're feeling? Like. Credit to Ron Hexel. He made the right decision. Said we're waiting at least one more year mm-hmm. to help really develop these guys' games. Now, I could be wrong about Owen Power. I personally think he's ready for the NHL, but you never know. He could because I'll put it this way: you think. As great as it is to go ahead and throw him, essentially throwing him into the fire and with Rasmus Dahlin on the top pair, you know, he's just going to eat up minutes and gain experience. Yeah, that's great. Same time, though, let him properly develop. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. We, we talked about that with uh, with Brian on our underachievers podcast a while back and how uh, my argument yeah, for football versus you know, hockey, yeah. football versus hockey and everything. One thing I love about hockey more than football, you can actually let players properly develop mm-hmm. now in football is just oh rookie here you go perfect example landon dickerson the eagles second round pick this past year's draft he is starting for the eagles on monday night football against the dallas cowboys because brandon brooks is hurt not only that in his yeah welcome to the nfl also in the last game against the 49ers on sunday brooks got hurt he went in and he played the rest of the game you get literally thrown into the fire there so but for the NHL and just hockey in general, you 
get your opportunities to grow. And if you don't think you're ready, just, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Just say, look, I personally think I need another year. And again, it's one year, Mm. nothing wrong with that. Uh, but oh, so let's if you want to hear now. that. Sorry, if you want to hear that conversation where you talk mm-hmm. football versus hockey, check out check that on our Underachievers podcast YouTube page. You'll find it on there. Absolutely. But this is a good transition to head to Buffalo, yes. or with the whole Jack Eichel situation. So, because I didn't even hear about this until you just told me. Yeah. No. So there. this was Elliot Friedman. Um, it's no longer thirty-one thoughts, folks. It is thirty-two thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, let me open this one up. I can't remember which number it was on oops, on the list. All right. <laughs> how, how did I miss it? It's number one. Of course, it's number one. All right. He. This is from Elliot Freeman's 32 Thoughts posted last night. I know there's a craving for Jack Eichel information. One longtime executive said this week, this is the most complicated situation I've seen during his professional existence. He's not involved, but obviously everyone's talking about it. Uh, this is what I'm, and, and this is now Elliot Freeman as if he's talking. This is what I'm expecting over the next few days. Eichel comes to camp, but does not pass his physical and is not cleared to play. Here's what is interesting. I also think there's a very good chance Buffalo removes his captaincy. What I don't know is if they settled the medical path. I heard there were some trade talks a couple weeks ago, but I think people want to see what the doctors say. As you can expect, there's a ton of frustration. Eichel is hoping to be recovered from disc surgery by now. And another player said not to underestimate what playing in the Olympics would mean to him. But the Sabres are unhappy too with the promise of the Eichel era completely dissipated and hard feelings about how things fall apart. Really a shame for everyone involved. The fact that they're talking about... Shame for everyone involved. The the Sabres fucked. Thank you. Okay. What are you talking about? How in the world is this on Eichel? He... I'm bringing up his stats because he literally has done everything. He's gone above and beyond for the Buffalo Sabres. He's never he only put played 21 less... games last year. He played up 18 points. Uh-huh. Every He's other ex- year, where he, was hurt, um, he never put less than 24 goals up. Not only that, he's put up 56 plus points every each year, year including his rookie year, except for last year. Of course, that's different because 21 games in the awesome. extremely short one. And also hurt. But I'll put it this way. Rookie season, 56 points, 81 games, 24 goals, 32 assists. Next one, same thing, except 25 goals in, uh, instead of 24. Oh, he did that in 20 less games, too. Imagine if he played this 20 more games. He would have shattered his, his uh, excuse me, point totals. Third year, 25 goals again, 39 points, 64 points. Uh, 2018-19, the last actual real regular season, season. Yeah. 77 games played, 28 goals, 53 assists, 81 points, career highs in every category. And last year, and then this, last year, the 36 was, goals, 42 assists, 78 points in 68 games played. He could have and that was because career, of the short He could have easily beat his career. So you short. can't say that you can be disappointed in Jack Eichel when he's done everything. He's been the top point scorer and goal scorer in general for your team for his entire career the last 
five, six seasons. He's the only you one can't who's say had that. Any relevance. Um, I think the way the Buffalo Sabres have handled this entire situation, it's embarrassment to see the whole organization. Now, honestly, whoever whoever even thought about that saying, oh, it's they're, you know, you know, basically if there's hard feelings about how things fall apart, it's your own fault. Yeah. You and let what, it get to get, this point. You can't you don't have the right to just complain. Either not going to have a captain, or you're going to give it to Ocposo because looking at the cap friendly, he's the only uh, alternate or any type of captaincy. Not only that, but and the only one that's really <sighs> deserving of it, except for maybe Darlene, if he's ready for it. Ocposo's career is done. There's no point. Even you might as well buy him out at this point. There's no point in letting him play on your team. He's been concussed a severe amount of times. He should yeah. he should have retired five years ago. I say this every time I bring up his name because he even wrote a, an article on FlyersTribune.com about how yes. dark of a time he had with that. Mm-hmm. Retire then. You don't deserve. You don't need to punish yourself by playing a brutal sport such as hockey at the NHL level. Now, Darlene, great player. I don't think he's ready for the captain yet. I would give him an alternate, see how he does on and off the ice with that. Just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now it's possible he will get it because there's no more Rasmus Ristolainen. There's no more Sam Reinhardt. There's probably not going to be any more Jack Eichel. So you might as well yeah. give him and an you're A. Not gonna have him see what he does on hurt. and off the ice. Um, and you're not going to go with the Skinner either because you he was, you know, doesn't oh. seem very high in their... Um, He's been on their fourth line consistently. If not, he's been benched. So, yeah. So, it's what are your thoughts? He has had uh, down since going to uh, Buffalo. He has kind of. What are your thoughts? He had forty goals (laughs) somehow. Um, What are your Uh, thoughts on on this whole Jack Idol thing? Um, I know the whole thing. I don't obviously. I don't know what that surgery kind of entails and I know it's like a kind of a high neck issue. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know the situation either, but I know if he, if Eichel and they've kind of botched it cause they just either aren't, cause there's a lot of mixed, mixed messaging here. And the key issue that he's having with their surgery could have him have all that situation dealt with, but they don't want to do. I understand why they don't want to do it because it's risky. It's a risky surgery, but it's something that could actually make it so these issues that he's having with his neck or his back or whatever kind of go away in a sense. Now, depending on, I, I don't know how what the whole situation is here, but I'll put it this way because I, I was just genuinely curious. Um, I don't know because it, it mentions disc surgery, right? Yes. I don't know if he has to have a total disc replacement or what the deal is. Regardless, I'll put it's it this hot. way. Yes, it's a disc replacement. A, a, according hot. to this one website, I, I don't know what the, you know, if it's like this for everything or, or what. Spine, spine.md, I don't, I don't know how, it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it says may require a relatively short recovery period of about three weeks to three months. So regardless, though, he's going to miss a good amount of hockey, no matter what. If he he's going to miss surgery. the if he had the surgery, even then, he hasn't even had it yet because this team doesn't know what they're doing. 
They need to fire their medical staff. They need to fire their front office. Anyone yeah, involved, they already did that a couple times. <laughs> they need to fire them again because it's not getting done. How do you not let your captain and one best players in the entire league get the mm-hmm. surgery done? If it yeah. takes, and, and I don't know if that timeline is accurate or not, but the three weeks to three months, it, let's just say it, it is accurate. That's not bad. Let You're it get. Have it done you, should, anyway, you, should, so. you should have. You should have gotten done ages ago. As soon as it announced, let's nip it in the bud now. Let's also, shut if up. you did the surgery, you probably had an easier chance of trading away. The whole reason why you're having issues of having teams to bite or want to offer more for Eichel is because of his injuries. It's the same thing for Tarasenko, but it, it is unfortunate. Well, Eichel's situation guys, is definitely more complicated, but. It is You're not but, in both situations. Both players feel like the organization has kind of failed them in the sense of their health. Yeah. Oof. You can't bet an eye to um, Plot toys. Watch them get traded for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think I will lose it if that happens. Yes. Um, one other quick uh, RFA that was dealt with. Um, Big one. Kriol Kaprizov. Um, you know, after of the year. one year, uh, he got a contract of. Hold on, let me let me get it right. Uh, five years, forty-five and a half mil, uh, nine million average annual. So it goes with the theme of young players getting really high contracts uh, that you saw all off season. Um, I would not have given it to him after one year. You know, he is 24. And coming off a really good year. Not going to good year. He put up 51 points, 55 games. That is very impressive. Very impressive. That is one game or one season, sir. Sirs. Um, I mean, good for Kaprizov for have for being able to get that contract, but and that that I don't think at some point he's going to be worth it and he's not going to be your face because he's your face right now of the team and you needed him and needed that contract done before the season started, your camp uh, started. Um, But it's just like every other contract of a young player, which is why we want to kind of break down the Vancouver situation because it makes it so much difficult because you have to do two. It really does. Uh, Because you saw it with McCarr. He got about nine mil, I think. Uh, I want to get that up real quick, just so I am not wrong here. Yeah, nine mil. I think it was longer though. Uh, six years, one extra year, but same same average annual of nine million dollars. Um, but she may, I mean, he has proved he proved it last year too. He was Norris yeah. finalist, but again, um, maybe not yet. Uh, Seth Jones, uh. Is it eight years? Yeah. Uh, Zach Wierenski, for some reason, nine and a half. Yeah, that, that was that was a lot. I I, I like Zach Wierenski, but <laughs> not not to that extent. <sighs> like that, I don't that's... know why this year, especially with all the cap issues, but we're seeing so <laughs> many of these giant like I, I will say... these guys, and because of it. These guys like Kaprizov and everything, it makes it so much harder for these guys to do or yeah. these teams to do this contract, especially given the situation. Also, speaking about cap hits and everything, real quick, next year the cap goes up one mil. 
So million dollars, million dollars. It helps. I understand it's not great, but it helps. Yes, a little bit. So I'll put this way: at least it's not like point two kind of thing. Yeah, at least it's entire mm-hmm. mail. So that helps a bit. Not a whole lot, but it helps. Um, no, but so in, no. Th- this is this is a big situation. Obviously, these young defensemen, especially when these contracts come out, they're like, well. You see what this guy got. I put I'm just as good as he is. Look at my stats. We're almost similar. If he's getting this, I want this. And because of that, that's why you're seeing all these. The thing that makes it harder for Vancouver, which you can transition over to that, is you know they have 10, a little over 10 and a half mil in cast space left. They have to send it to both Elias Pedersen and Jack Hughes and or Quinn Hughes, sorry. And I think for me. I think Quinn Hughes is better than Kel McCarr. Sorry, people. Sorry, Colorado fans. I think he's better than Kel McCarr. He's You're not wrong. I think they're probably worth about the same amount of money. And they got rid of a lot of cap to be able to try to send these guys, but they did bring in Ekman Yeah. yeah and that, that's the these issue, These guys though. are going to have to, I don't know what their the negotiations are, but in both these situations, because even Elias Pedersen, he's seeing what the guys are getting too, and Elias Pedersen has been dominant last year he was kind of down but covid kind of really set back the canucks last year so i don't want to put too much into that but in his first two years he put up 66 points in both years he put up 18 points in the pl- bubble <laughs> 17 games he is yeah, pretty good he is legit he is worth the money but i think at some point whether the negotiations with Jim Benning or whoever else is in part of the negotiating that with them and their agents and everything have to be like, okay, I know you guys think we're worth it, but you may have to, we may have to do maybe a bridge deal because at the moment we don't really have enough to give you that kind of contract right now. So if you work with us, we'll play with you or work with you. We're going to try with, We'll sign with we'll sign you to a smaller deal now. That way we're yeah. safe. And then when the time comes, we'll give you the money that you absolutely deserve. Yeah. Like I for um Quinn Hughes are like, well, Dolan just got six million. We could give you that and then use the rest to give to uh Patterson. Yes. Um now let me ask you this because I kinda wish we did this for the um Kaprizov knew before that broke, but unfortunately we didn't catch in time. Um, what do you think both Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes are worth? I generally you, don't know. I don't know. Uh, honestly, give, I don't know why they gave Tyler Myers so much. <laughs> the last full off. <laughs> Jim Benning, that's why. Well, yeah. Um, there's a lot of there were a lot of bad contracts. Not Jim only Benning that, had. but so um, though I'll put this way, they wouldn't have had any issue signing both Hughes and Pedersen. If they didn't get Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson, now they I had, think it's they kind of had to take on some of it. To they, they did though, so I'll put this way: they I want to actually bring up that trade that they made with uh, yeah, so Arizona. I think so, so. I think that it was a good trade because they get an established defenseman and a solid forward. Now it was the rights to Connor Garland, but they signed him. Of course, they traded Louis Erickson who's worth six mil, mm-hmm. Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, three mil a piece. That's 12 mil right there. 
Um, a second round pick 2022, seventh round pick 2023, and the ninth overall pick to Arizona, who they took Dylan Gunther with. And Arizona bit some of Ekman Larson's contract as well, 12% of it. Yes. Uh, now, with that being said, the six mil that you gained back from, sorry, that you lost from um, Louis Erickson, you give just about 1.5 or so, or a little bit less than that. Oh, sorry. Um, it's just over like one mil or whatever uh, in the contract to Connor Garland. Yeah. So, but still, you, you still theoretically gain cap because of all the money combined. So, so let's do, let's say, so altogether you have 12 mil that you get rid of mm-hmm. now uh, with the 7.26 that's for Ekman Larson, that's 4.74 left that you get in cap space, which essentially you give all that to Connor Garland plus about $200,000 more. Right. So essentially you realistically just spend 200000 So they're, they're in great shape there. And doing that still, they're in tremendous shape. 10.6 mil, getting ready to have the season. also signed Travis Hamannick this offseason too. Which is huge. Which was another six mil. Because is he worth six mil? Probably well, not. Three mil average annual, but oh got, got you. His contract All right, that's mil. that's more like it. Um but so overall I will say that's a solid depth signing because they kind of need mm-hmm. the They also cause... brought in this is huge because they have har- they got a halak too. Yes, that was a huge deal. For one point five mil, two years, one or two years, that's nothing. They have they Dr. Demko locked up, yep. dude. That's clutch. So I think no, they they're have a in business when it comes to goaltending. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, also, Michael Furlan is on a uh, uh, long-term IR. He's at three point five mil cap at. Just keep that in mind. This is good for them that this is their last year of recapture penalty for uh, Luongo. Luongo, yeah, just three million. Also. Um, keep in mind, they did also buy out Jake Furtan, and so that's a player that obviously is no longer on our team. Yes, but but that's that, that was – I, I know, but buyout. just in general, he had a decent cap hit, so I think that was a good – obviously contract-wise, good thing to buy out, but also off-ice-wise, a very good thing to buy him out. I don't want to yes. get into it, but no, if you're but... curious, look him up. Did some bad stuff off the ice. Not a good dude. He deserves to be brought out. Um, deserves to be in the KHL. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Justin Bailey. I just realized that. I'm surprised he saw Justin Bailey. Oh, by the way, since we're on Vancouver, real quick, they traded for Jason Dickinson from the Stars, and he is a good, underrated player. He, depending on the team, he could easily play in the top nine for Vancouver. He might, keyword might, play sneak his way into the top six because mm-hmm. he has. Horvat, Besser, Miller, Garland, Pearson, and P- Pearson is top nine, maybe, and and if anything, maybe Neil's Hoglander. But if anything, I think Dickinson now slides into the top six, mm-hmm. and he gives them more depth and speed. This yeah. dude is fast. He killed it with Dallas, in my opinion. You can look at his stats. I don't know if he did as great. I'm hyping him up, but I I personally love the dude. Okay. I think he's great. Um, um so with him he's top and since 
coming in 2015-16, he hasn't really lit the lamp in terms of points. But that doesn't mean he's not valuable because he's right. To me, he's valuable enough to like to go out to. They spent a second round pick on him. To me, he's valuable enough to give up a second round pick. Yeah. Um, but in that such in that sense, uh, so was uh, what's his face? But I don't want to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so there was that, and then oh, so the for um. So for Vancouver, sorry, I kind of forgot to do this myself. Um, it's kind of tricky on what Hughes and Pedersen are worth, in my opinion. I w- will say that um, for them, it's because so they only have ten point six mil this year. Cap hit wise, you could see something like Brock Besser money, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser money for Elias Pedersen, five point five point. mil for three or four years somewhere around there if not you can even probably bump up 6.2 honestly what they could do is keep in mind they're also one roster player over the over the limit they have 24 out over 23 but seeing how they have a good amount of free agents next year mm -hmm. after this year um, they they gotta they gotta resign Brock Besser next year FYI Oh, true. And he's a um, big cap hit. Because unfortunately for them, they don't have many big cap. So they're going to yeah. be kind of cap stricken because that's it. they got to come up with some cap fast because unless you get rid of someone like Tanner Pearson or ideally, keyword ideally, Tyler Myers or possibly JT Miller. I mean, Miller, though, he has played well enough where he's worth that 5.25 mil. He for, is, but it's one of those things. Like for um, Vancouver, but like you said, it's one of those things. You might just need to get you rid gotta, of them. You kind of have to, in order to pay the guys, your key players, not that JT Miller isn't a key player, your faces, the faces of your team, i.e. Pedersen or Hughes or uh, Brock Besser, who's only 24, or Hor- Horvat, who's only 26, um, you have to have some money around to be able to pay these guys and i think you're probably right that's probably going to be right around that five and a half six mil for those guys it's just a matter of how long the bridge you deal is it two years or is it three years but if you wait a year you have to deal with uh, brock besser it's two years you have to deal with horvat right and then, so there's a lot that <laughs> there's a lot to worry about and then on top of that like i said you have queen Hughes to worry about now he probably deserves now w- w- would you say he is it fair to give him this much money or is it, am i getting out of hand does he deserve what actually tyre myers is making right now or is that too much i think it's worth that and Again, i think that's fair that's what i, I want to bring I up the question and what your thought was. but i also think jack hughes is better than quinn hughes now. Uh, Quinn Hughes, keep doing that. There's too many Hugheses. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Luke Hughes, uh, he's with New Jersey too. So there's too many Hugheses. God damn. (laughs) I mean, Quinn Hughes is probably the best of the Hughes. He he definitely is. Luke Hughes won't be no slouch, I will say. No, not that they aren't going to be good players. I just think out of the three, Quinn Hughes is the best. And I think out of the guy, because they both, I think, what, Hughes (laughs) Bless you. Um, 
No, I was wrong. For some reason, I thought they were. Yeah. So I, I think overall, though, it's it's going to cost them. Um, for Quinn Hughes, it though, will. yeah, I think I think that now bear with me. What do you think about like a four by five contract for Quinn Hughes? Four uh, four years, five mil kind of deal. You probably wouldn't like it, but that's what you're going to have to try to give them to try to stay in your cap. That's like. He's obviously worth more, but you can't. Right. He's to... worth more, but at the same time, it's like you want to lock him up, but at the same time. And you want to do it earlier, right? As camp opens, not as camp goes on. And then. Right. Because again, look at the whole William Nealander situation a couple years back. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah, Brady can check. Maybe you don't want to hold out. Right. And then, I mean, I'm pretty much done with Vancouver here. So we might as oh, well my. transition to Ottawa. Oh, pretty good chuck, my friend. Big yikes. Big yikes. Again, I'm one of the few guys that aren't... Uh, everyone who listens to this podcast should know by now I'm not the biggest Kachuk fans. But Brady Kachuk in particular, I don't really care for. So if you have to sit out for a quarter of the year because you feel like you're worth more money than a team, that's not going to you know chill out a lot of money. You know, he probably sees how much cap space they have. Like, uh, you want to fork some of that over to me? Who's coming to your face? Which is probably deserving, but I wouldn't mind it. I mean, just look at, again, what Jeff just said, just look what happened with Neolander in that situation. In terms yeah. of preseason and training camps in the sport are important. See, I think hockey and baseball is probably the most kind of important to get that because – Right. A lot of it is uh, getting your skating legs going because you've been off for a couple of months to going back into actual game hockey or fast-paced right. hockey. So you got to have to work yourself up for it. Goalies, you have to get your timing right and everything. Obviously, baseball is the biggest because pitchers, you can't go setting nowhere to automatically if you throw 95 to throw 95 because you're just going to throw your arm easily. You have, to exactly. up, you have to warm up your body in order to do it. Now, and that's why William Nylander, even I think afterwards, as he kind of wishes he um, did it earlier, got done uh, sooner. Because <laughs> missing let, that time let, is let, actually learn, learn learn from other people's mistakes yeah, here, Brady. At least don't wait until halfway or a quarter of the way through the season or whatever, right. whatever that deadline is where you have to sign by. Don't yeah. wait until then to sign your um, because at that point you are more than likely. Unless you're obviously training off ice or uh, not with the team or whatever, you can keep your body in check, but you're not in game shape. You're not really going up against anyone or anyone. Yeah. So. And I'll say his presence was uh, his presence. His presence was felt because they the Ottawa Senators began camp today with medicals and physical testing. He was not available today, um, so oh. he's <laughs> so twenty two year old. Um, winger for Ottawa, obviously still not signed. Here's what GM Pierre Dorian had to say uh, earlier. Quote, obviously Brady's a huge part of this team, a huge part of this franchise. Uh, We've been through a lot of these negotiations. They're moving forward. We discuss terms every day. We know Brady will be signed. uh, End quote. However, in my opinion, and from what I've been hearing, 
things had not been going well within the last several days, if not weeks. It sounds like things have gone kind of sour, hence him kind of setting this out. Um, so, you yeah. know. Yeah. Also, yikes. not that Kachuk hasn't put up a good amount of points that warrants him getting a good amount of money, but also, um, dude, you still have a lot of growing to do. And I'll just, I, I always just go to that game where he jumps Lawton, even though they're very still into the game, and he just jumps Lawton because his his anger, his kind of uh, got the best of him in that time. His emotions got the best of him. That time. Yes, and that's it's like you can't like, literally, and and, and that's why I don't. He's not Jones mentioned that. in that game. He said the Senators had a legitimate chance. Like they yeah. they could t- grab the puck and. You don't know how the game works. You could have gone down the ice and scored and tied the game some other time. But no, his emotions got to the best of him and he got a crushing penalty and the game. So, cost him. So, it's little things like that that people, it makes me kind of laugh when people say, oh, he should be the captain. Just because he's one of your better players doesn't automatically make him captain worthy. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, it deserves to go to Thomas Shabai. He is captain material and he knows. He's he's like a full pro now. He he's yeah, yeah. he's basically he's the one guy they actually showed money off for. Yeah. So um, there is that. Uh, real quick here, uh, Rangers news. If uh, I were a betting man, we'll have a captain for the first game. That was a, a quote by head coach Gerard Gallant for the New York Rangers. So expect a captain for the Rangers this year, folks. I will say, if I had to guess, it's Mika Zibanejad. That's just my guess. Um, we'll see, though. Maybe. If, if you had to pick, who do you think it would be? Um, the most realistic options from Hank. what I've been... What would you say? Hank. Oh, I think people love that. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd give it to uh, Panarin. And that's just because I think he's their best player. It doesn't sound like for what I've heard, and also some of my friends are Rangers fans. That's what I would give. Right. It doesn't sound like he even would want the captaincy, which is interesting from at least from some of my friends who are big time Ranger fans, so they would know Mm -hmm. more about that than we would. But so it sounds like he wouldn't want it's probably gonna be a disadvantage or maybe you would think I I don't think Kreider's material captain material, in my opinion, honestly. Maybe I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm just um, saying anyways, in terms of captaincies that they have, he's one of them. Yes. True, but anyway, I don't think it is. So uh, real quick here, I did want to cover this for a split second. A lot of news going on with Vanekin and San Jose Sharks. Uh, the oh. Chris Johnson just reported uh, about 20 minutes ago that NHL's investigation into Vanekin found no evidence that he gambled on NHL games or did anything to negatively affect the, affect the outcome. The league considers that specific specific matter closed. However, more breaking news um, as on a separate case, he is now facing sexual assault and domestic violence allegations according to court documents obtained by FOS. Front office sports uh, tweeted out earlier uh, by AJ Perez. That's a completely different situation going on there. So, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So, just wanted to throw yes, anyone yes, who's yes. interested in Van Kane news, but that's all I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to close this yeah. out, 
Um, you know what today is, Jeffrey? That's Oscar Lindblom Day. It is Oscar Lindblom Day. Twenty-three more days until the game uh, season starts for the Flyers. All right, and we play our first game at home against the team we just talked about. It's not Ottawa. It's not Edmonton. It's Vancouver. Woohoo! Yes, we start the season against Vancouver, and then at home. Yes, and then we face the expansion team, Seattle Kraken. Shortly after, I would love to see what kind of response Hackstall gets when he when they said, "Please welcome back former head coach Dave Hackstall." I would love to hear the booze raining down. You know, I, you know what I love if all the younger players who he benched over that time just came over to the bench and, and shot, uh, squirted some water at him. That would make prob- day. Yeah, they probably get ejected, but yeah, would they though? Probably. Are you sure? Um, but going into camp, unfortunately, it came out yesterday the schedule and the rosters, and obviously unfortunately, that it came that's out with not injuries. The bad news. The real bad news is the injuries. Yes, uh, the biggest one being Kevin Hayes is out. Yes, really six to eight uh, weeks. With abdominal surgery he had yes. yesterday. Yes. And we'll now fix, there was that. another one that at first it was announced as a big time blow to Sam Warren. Sound like he was basically done. However, that does not seem oh, to be the oh. case. Riley Cote, former flyer, shut those rumors down. He oh, texted so, Sam Warren and Morin said he's all good. However, yeah. I'll put it this way. It's not like it's great news, but he's out. It's not great news, but with knee surgery. Yeah, uh, to have loose bodies removed on September 10th. So So he's out the same amount of time as as Hayes. Uh, And then Wade Allison out and definitely with a right ankle sprain. Yes, I don't know how that that means, but the last time the Flyers ankle sprains suck, dude. They do, but the last time they had someone. Uh, definitely, it was a wisdom, and he's not back until December. December. So keep that in mind in terms of out indefinitely. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Zade wisdom. He is so- shoulder surgery, so he's out till December. That's why he's yes. out. But uh, he, he did have an ankle sprain for for yes. a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there was that little time where it was super exact. He's out upper body with uh, six to eight no weeks. Who that is? He's a a um, prospect, prospect apparently. Um, um, on the training camp roster. You have uh, Wade Ellison still, which is still yes. the fact that he's on the roster, trade cap roster, despite obviously being out six to eight weeks. Yeah, obviously, that, yeah, he was going to be on there. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of because of this, because of these injuries, both off forward wise and defensively, because um, I texted you earlier, uh, earlier today, because I think we could have a little fun with this of. Uh, not just beforehand, because it's probably gonna, already going to be a pretty um, competitive camp. But who we think has that uh, chance of act- having a legitimate chance of making the team out of camp? And yes, I actually have uh, I have a categories on this: guys I actually could see very legitimately making the team, and guys I think because of some of these injuries could have a little more fire under chance. them to get a little more motivated to have a chance to get there um right so and the first category of that is obviously uh you could throw out there uh tina lazinski and morgan frost 
Um, yes. Morgan Frost, I'll start with first because he's obviously, I want to think more Flyer fans are more excited to want to see. And obviously, interest have kept him from it. Um, and because of this, everything kind of sh- jumbles and it sounds like they don't necessarily want to write in, or want to deal with uh, separating Drew or putting Drew on the second line uh, center. So you mm-hmm. already have to deal with whoever's going to be there and not that Frost couldn't because realistically you could have uh, Lawton Frost, go second, yeah. Lawton go second, Broussard uh, third, and Thompson fourth. It's true. So that uh, that's obviously an option, but Frost could make a name for himself and get a roster spot. But he can get it from the Flyers' perspective if they want to wait a little bit because of how long of a layoff he had between games. Right. He played a little. He had development camp and he played in the rookie games. But rookie games to me are it's great that it's game action. But the same about game action you were going to get if you're still in college or European league or in juniors. So you're playing the same caliber of players. It's a big leap going to that next level of professional. So I'd get if you want to wait a little bit before you get there, but if he makes a name for himself still, because it sounds like he did pretty well in development camp and rookie yeah, camp so um, far. Rookie so, camp and development camp and like the rookie games, he killed it. Like he put up yeah. multiple goals, mm-hmm. like plenty points per game and I think he, he did great. So I'm really hoping that Frost does a great job at training camp and makes a name for himself. Yes, I personally expect I, him to make the roster, and knowing that he's going to hopefully, with uh, Kevin Hayes being out, play top six minutes. Now, I don't know if that's a grummy thing or not. I could be wrong. That that's my hot take right now. That he's going to play some top six minutes along with Cam Atkinson, and Joel Farabee. I could be completely wrong. That's my hot take right now. I know that's your I'm hot take. To but it. It, I think it's going to be Lawton second. He'd be third center. And and either way, as long as he gets top nine minutes, that's all I care about. Yeah, he's but he's on the line with decent teammates. That's fine. Also, you hear keep, my hot take. I love it. I, I actually think uh, Lisinski has a better chance than Frost does, even though they're both coming off injuries. I think honestly, I don't hate it. I don't I hate love it Lisinski's game. I think he's going to be an effective player for the. No, he's going to be bottom year. six, like fourth. He he's going to be bottom line. six, no doubt. But, but I think, I love the fact that he's going to have a chance here, and I think he's also going to be a player to watch out for. Mm-hmm. But if they want to give law or not long, sorry, Frost a couple AHL games, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy they put in front of him is Lisinski. Yeah, because um, Lisinski is a good enough player where he can just give you good uh, forechecking and all that. And, give you a chance to still be in the game. And realistically, for losing Hayes, it's not great. Kind of like with the Penguins, even though they're only going to lose Crosby for maybe not even any games. It's not it's great news, but it's better to happen at the right. beginning of the season rather than later. And I don't care about the 10 games he's missing or the, the 10 games he could potentially miss. It's how he is when he comes back from it. And how yeah, it, it, it all it all depends on, like you said, how he responds. Now, because I personally think he's going to respond great. That's just me, but you got to wait and see, though. It is a wait and see because it could easily be similar to, I think it was, what, JVR's first season coming back when we got him back, uh, like the second game he got hurt. He, I think he, like, he, he broke his foot. Yeah, or no, something I, like that. I, I, it was something with his knee. I can't remember. Yeah, but, but, but he was right. out until at least November. Yeah, yeah. So and it was huge. It took him time, but it took him 
when he got back a little bit to get his feet going. So, I think that's why weeks. some Flyers fans are a little iffy since JVR's come back because he didn't play great when he first came back. Right. Even though he's still very much good and was one of the better Flyers. <laughs> yeah. He's a leading goal scorer, so, yes. and points scorer. Um, um, and wait, so another name also, I, I would love to look out for is, uh, and I'll, I'll get to him in a second, but I'll mention him right now before because I want to hear your final thought, though. Uh, Tyson Forrester. I, this kid looks oh, yes. electric. I was going to during... do that. I was going to mention him for wingers. I was just more so talking yeah. centers at the moment. Gotcha. Got I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's my turn of Actually, no, he, he is he is a center. Forrester's a center? I thought he was a winger. For some reason, I thought so too, but no, Tyson Forrester, he's a center, which is hard to believe, but I don't know what his chances are of actually making it far with the Flyers right now, but I mean, if he plays like he did, and just like how Frost did with uh, yeah. rookie camp and development camp, I, he could he could do just fine. I wouldn't be surprised if he was he'd be winged. That just might. right, and he's he's kind of going to be like a, a Scott Long would, kind of thing. Yeah, I think he would just take uh, Wade Allison's spot. Yeah, that's true. That's the case because he also similar to Wade Allison has a really good shot. Yes, he's an. Whew, his shot is it, it's legitimate. It, it's yes. awesome. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also the other thing that could help with camp opening up and the Hayes injury just happening now is that you can work in these preseason games that you're going to get different line combinations. So when you get to the season, you have a better understanding of what could potentially work and what yeah. couldn't in terms of the fire's death. And fortunately. In terms of this offseason, a fire center death, even though a lot of the guys are young, it's not great center depth. Right. So, and the offseason, they focus more on the defense and trying to fix whatever the locker room Which is. Which I get and I'm, I'm fine with. But for center depth for young haunt, guys. Haunt the Flyers or uh, Fletcher is not maybe getting a good, a better caliber third line center. But I get you know, why you go first D pair to be with Prover off the yes. first. Third uh, center because um, at the that same is a time, more important, though, but. you it's very important. At the same time, you did bring back Nate Thompson, his fourth line center, but you got you, and this is also why they has Derek, to step up for the first time. That, years. but also, this shows why the Derek Broussard signing is so crucial now. I never hated it when they first signed him. No, I but thought now it was just back, another just added depth to that exactly. position. Even now, it's even more important the fact mm-hmm. that they signed that deal. This is a huge signing with yes. Kevin Hayes out. And also, so, it's she that you brought Atkinson too, because yes, Atkinson can bring any any potential offense you may have lost with losing Hayes. He can provide it. Lawton can provide more because more guys are going to have to shell out in terms of PK. Yep. Thompson could do that because even though I'm not the biggest fan of his, he can play PK. In terms of his play in terms of his play. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he does pretty that's well. He's better. Yeah, he's better in the PK, and obviously Drew um, and Couturier and those guys are going to have to make up for it because. Yep. They're, the Flyers are losing one of the better defense PK killers they have. Granted, he's a little gutsy when he's a PK killer because he likes to hold on to the puck as long as he can. Yeah. Um, but It's fun it to is, watch Hazy, though. It is. Um, but you are losing key PK yes. killer, and you're going to have to try to fill that. And I honestly, because I was thinking about this today, I have no idea I, if Kim Axon actually played PK or not. 
I don't think he's he, uh, he's if he's not yeah. PK, he would definitely be power play because he's that shoot first play. mentality. Obviously, he's power um, play. Just, I can't I can't remember Columbus if he played if any PK or not. I can't remember if he played any PK. I, I was honestly, obviously, we don't you know, know I, I I'd have Columbus, to ask so. uh, this one guy in, in my group chat, uh, hockey group chat, uh, that he, who ironically is a Columbus fan. So I'll have to no, I'll have to text him. That. Yeah, right. Uh, but I'll say this though. So going to that next tier of players just for centers, I think, and this is a guy I've not always been high on, but I always kind of feel bad for, uh, German Rupstoff. Yes. I would say a lot of guys have probably, and Flyers fans, obviously for good reason, have kind of cooled on him. Obviously a lot, yeah. of, a lot of 2016 draftees in terms of Philadelphia sports, uh, a lot of people have turned on, or they haven't necessarily planned out. I really hope Rupstoff does because we always talk about Morin's uh, injury bouts and Frost being very unlucky with their injury bout, but Rupstoff's also had his fair share of bad injuries. He has at the same time, though, like this. I don't know what the deal with him is. It, honestly, yeah. he, he's turning out to be one of the bigger busts of a first-round draft pick is, in recent memory. I will say, if 18-19, he wouldn't have had his knee injury, I would have been interested to see how that would have played out because in yeah. the 14 games he played for the Phantoms, he put up 10 points. That's not so he's bad. He's been pretty good. but yeah. just, he, So I'm, I'm hoping for another healthy year for him and seeing but, what he does. Because for me, and the thing that sucks for him is that and I always not that I think he's Sean Kateri yet, that's not what I'm saying, but I thought he was similar to early Sean Kateri career where he was the defensive kind of centerman. Yeah. And when you don't have Hayes and you have to worry about more of the defensive game, that's where I think a, light, a fire can light under his ass. Also, he's playing in KHL last year. Yeah. The second best. Um, so I think. So, I mean, he's he could, a solid size, but he's 6270 pounds. That's not bad for. No. But I think this size. should light him up a little more in terms of okay, maybe I have a, a better chance of maybe making it. Not that it, it's not a great odds. That's why I put him in the other tier of uh, if this could get you going, let's do it because yeah, I I I, I want to see this kid succeed. I, I do too. Um, and um, then as for other, also, um, obviously, you can throw Jackson Cates in there too. He was played a couple. Jackson Cates, he, he got ice time last year. Now, I'm, also, I'm, you would not have to worry about Andy Andrioff anymore because he is a uh, Islander. Yes, yes. But we still have Thank him, goodness so for he could always slide in that role too. For hope to do. Islanders. I know. Um, but in terms of defensemen, this is where it's interesting because. The guy you're trying to replace in terms of the first 10 games or whatever is your seventh D man. So I don't know how the Flyers are going to go about doing I'll that. Put it this because, way. I wouldn't hate it's like it's so tough because it's like because you're not going to want to put White Wiley or Cam York or, or even Zimula. Linus Hugberg on there. Yeah, you wouldn't a guy really who those, you wouldn't mind sitting. Yeah, because those guys you're going to want to get ice time. Yeah, so, like you said, that's realistically probably an Adam Clendenning kind of guy. And even saying that, that doesn't mean, like, even though he's not the best defenseman, he's just added so you can just... All that is is just the guy who's going to be healthy scratch. And if another defenseman is hurt for, say, like, Ellis or someone's hurt for a significant amount of time, Cam York's coming up. That's not like... That's not the 
end of the world. It's just a guy who's going to be in the press box. That's like when the Flyers had Chris Stewart for a little bit. He was just in the press yeah. box and then he went to the Phantoms. Right. It's like you got to find the right guy for that. So Yeah, and we'll, we'll see how that A lot out. of the Flyers' defense right now is the older guys are in terms of the depth is Clendenning is 28 and Nick Sealer, whoever he is at 28. The other guys are young and you're going to want them to play. Mm. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Samuel Urson. Yeah. So now you got three potential young goalies. You do. You have Urson, Felix Sandstrom, and Felix Sandstrom as well. So if Maury Jones gets hurt, I'm not going to lie, I would love to see Samuel Urson play, come up and play. Yeah. Because I think he's realistically the next best chance of being in the in NHL. Because for I thought uh, Sandstrom and Ustamenko, they've been splitting time. Yeah, and and I think Ustamenko, or I think both of them have been split time between the ECHL and the AHL. So yeah, it's tricky. I I I would hand it to Erson honestly as the third string goalie. Also, because he played in the Swedish league, and that's true too. So and that's probably realistically the bigger reason. Oh wow, why. he did really good last year in the Swedish league. Yeah, yeah, he did pretty good. Or Erson, Erson. I'll put it this way: for the SHL, he did good. Yeah. For a young goalie, he too, put up he, at, he put up like pretty average well. numbers. But in the playoffs, he did really, really well. And again, so look how it young was only he five is. games, but it was a one point three five games and nine five games SHL experience. That's enough experience to say this kid's got a future. Yeah. So, so it's yeah, and he's twenty one. So yeah, that, the Flyers would not 20, be twenty year, twenty one years old. That's pretty damn good. He's not the only one. The Flyers have a good amount of goaltender prospects too. So if, which which I like. I like that, but it also means that future wise, you could realistically deal with them. And another thing too is, even though you only have Martin Jones for a year, and maybe you could bring him back for another year or whoever that's back up to heart. One of yeah. those guys will be a backup to Carter Hart. Urson, Ustameko, Sandstrom, or who else? Tomac, whoever's still around. Tomac's not a bad option either. Mm-hmm. You got options. That's the good news. That's the good news for once in Philadelphia Flyers history. In terms of gold. They have yeah. options for gold. Yep. Who are young. Mm-hmm. So. But in term- also, I'd say this too, uh, just going to f- uh, wingers real quick, with no Allison for potentially significant amount of time because he took a bad kind of tumble in the one yeah. rookie game. I would look at obviously Forrester because I think if he's playing, he's going to be 100% Forrester. I also put a fire under the ass going back to that thing I said before of uh, Isaac Ratcliffe. Yeah, for Ratcliffe. This is a big opportunity. For Ratcliffe him. was even saying, I remember when I forget it was development camp when he was coming in a rookie camp where he was like, I, this is, he f- changed how he, uh, uh, worked out and was more excited for this upcoming season and uh, felt more confident himself in terms of coming to this year in camp, which hopefully can transcend. And if that can, with that body, if he can do what he did in juniors, that would be 50 huge. goals. That yeah. would be, and, and that would really, well, I'm not going to expect 50 goals. Well, no, 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 but no, in no, terms of saying, his body and but still, I'm saying, yeah. the, the size, he's a six, six guy. He scored 50 goals in juniors for a six, six guy. That's not easy. Um, so I will say though, if he can do something similar, 20, still 20, 25 goals, that's fine. You know, obviously I'm not expecting 50, but I will say though, 
is for him. And this is my final thought here on, on this whole third thing. Line ascending in there, just real quick. Yeah, is, is there? There is a real opportunity for Isaac Radcliffe here, but if he's able to properly train everything and and use his body the way he should be using it, mm-hmm. he could be a very because the Flyers, if I'm not mistaken, they traded up to draft him. They did. So that should tell you everything about how much confidence they have in him. They have. So that was next yeah. but, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. I think that's all, I really, all we really got for this week. Obviously, as the camp rolls on and everything, as we get close to the season, more stuff's going to come out. We'll get, obviously, in a couple weeks or whatever, you're going to get our full Flyers preview before the season starts. Uh, until then, it. and until next week for next Underachievers and next Hockey Podcast, we'll see you.